Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. 97.1 FM Talk. On Demand Audio. So I have gotten an amazing array of pictures. They're all very similar. It looks like a white dot in the sky from listeners, <laughs> yes. from friends. My friend Don, who's down in the Festus area, just sent some pictures and a video of the uh, the Chinese spy balloon. It's out there. It's floating around the country right now. We haven't shot it down, so it's going to be there for a few more days. Tim Summer is with us to talk music tonight. Our uh, good friend, music journalist, author extraordinaire, uh, record company exec. And I don't know if you've um, been obviously been dialed into this. Do you have any vantage point where you've been able to see the Chinese spy balloon today, Tim? I want to say something right at the top of this conversation. I am not an authority on rock and roll. I don't want to give anybody this impression. I am just a civilian research airship. <laughs> I, I like that. that I think it fits. I want to make that absolutely Good. clear. I'm glad. Well, we're not going to shoot you down. That's for sure. Well, you don't have I, to worry about that. I'm glad about that. And if no one had told me what direction to look in to find this uh, civilian research airship, and does it have slogans on the side? Why are they not selling advertising on this thing? That is an excellent question. That's a missed opportunity, if you it ask me. You know, Mark, this is the difference between the damn Chinese and us. It if really it was is. us, if it was the U.S. of A., we would be selling, what do you want to sell? Whatever you want to sell, it would be up in that balloon. See, they missed the opportunity because next week's the Super Bowl. You fly that thing in next weekend, you float it right across Arizona, you got all kinds of TV coverage, right, uh, with the banner exactly ads. Right. Yeah, yes. Uh, but yeah. on a serious note, we don't really know what this is all about, so I'm a little creeped out by it as well. And it's yeah, just amazing. Yeah, that is to absolutely me. correct. I, I mean, it makes you wonder what you haven't found out about. For sure. And it also makes you wonder what it was like. I mean, you and I probably just experienced the, the tail end of this when we were little kids. What it was like to experience in the Cold War and the, and the duck and cover exercises and stuff like that. Yeah, well, when I woke up and I was up early this morning and I, I started seeing some of the coverage, I, I just blew it off. I'm thinking, well, this is a bunch of nonsense. And then it just keeps building. And lo and behold, I had no idea that right about the time, and this is true, right about the time that I hit the air, people started seeing it in our area. You know, it was coming across mid-Missouri, and then we started getting a lot of reports in the 4 o'clock hour that it was essentially right right over where we are, at least to the That's south amazing. of here. Yeah, so yeah. there you go. All right, well, I brought you on to talk a little Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, so let's start yes, with sir. that. The Grammys are this weekend as well. We've had these discussions before. Lists are lists. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is is what it is. You're not going to really change, I guess, the requirements at this point. But let me just start with this one. And I was a fan, you know, sure. of the music and everything. But maybe I know where you're going with this. Does this um, Cindy Lauper, does she belong in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Had a bunch of hits, but uh, does, I don't know. This is one that kind of I question. Maybe it's just me being misogynistic. I don't know. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is so loose and so ill-defined. Ultimately, I respect anyone who was part of our culture. She was a big part of people's lives in the 1980s. She was a big part in making MTV the brand name that it became. That's true. She was people dressed like her, maybe in places like uh, outside of the major cities of America, maybe because of someone like Cindy Lauper, Mark, maybe because of somebody like Cindy Lauper, you didn't got made fun of 
if you dyed your hair pink. And I respect that. And because of that, because of her place that she had in people's lives and memories, and really that's all a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame could hope to be. It's not like you're looking at batting averages or RBIs or wins over replacement or anything like that. It's really a sub, it, it, it's, an, it's an opinion. And in my, in my estimation, the fact that Cindy Lauper meant so much to so many people, was the soundtrack to so much of their lives, means to me that, yeah, maybe she does belong in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. All right. Well, you kind of made you made a good case there, I think, for Cindy Lauper, and and I can understand that. And look, you don't you don't know the qualifications for all these people are going to be maybe a little different. I'll offer this one because it's a Missouri um, nominee sure. in Cheryl Crow, and I'm a big fan of Cheryl Crow. And look, if if I was in music radio at the time when Tuesday Night Music Club comes out, that is a pretty yeah. defining record for females in rock and roll. That I think it did change Very well a lot. Put. Yeah. Very well put. And I think two things. I think Sheryl Crow belongs in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, instant name recognition, a lot of credibility, high profile, big sales. I think she has everything that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame needs. And I think, uh, you know, I think again, she was a big part of people's lives. There are people, a lot of women, especially at a time when women weren't really engaged and being encouraged to participate as makers of music. There are a lot of women who picked up guitars because of Sheryl Crow. Yeah, not only do I think she belongs, I think she's a lock to get in this. I I think so, too. Um, I know that you mentioned, and she had a resurgence last year, take last year and Stranger Things out of the mix, make the case for Kate Bush. Kate Bush, there are two people on this. Here, let me take a little step back. Kate Bush is one of the biggest omissions from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, as is Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden is also on this year's nominee list. Both Iron Maiden and Kate Bush are two of the biggest omissions. Iron Maiden, first of all, are one of the biggest rock and roll bands throughout the world of the last 40 years. How they haven't made into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I think, is a sad and sorry indictment of what's wrong with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Likewise, Kate Bush is one of the most innovative and creative and influential women singer-songwriters of the past 45 years. She's at the very top of the list. Now, Mark, having said all that, I don't think either of them are getting in this year. Really? I think it's such a strong class, and you have to think the way a voter thinks. When you think of who's going to get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you can't think of who you want to get in. You don't think of that, because that's not going to happen. You have to think of the kind of people who run the organization, the kind of people who vote for the organization, and it's a very, very strong class. And because it's a strong class, I don't think Kate Bush or Iron Maiden, both of whom away deserve to get in, are going to get in. Well, you have a, a bunch of these artists are first-time nominees, like Willie Nelson, George Michael, Missy Elliott, Cheryl Crow is one of the first-time nominees, Joy Division, New Order, um, The White Stripes, and Warren Zevon. What do you think about Warren Zevon? Because I'm a fan. I think Warren Zevon's going to get in, and I think he, uh, he deserves to be yeah. in. I mean, I'll tell you off the top, I mean, right off the top, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to handicap for you, Yes, okay? please. Um, Willie Nelson, uh, he's a lock. I think Cheryl Crow is a lock. And I think uh, Missy Elliott is a lock. That leaves open three positions. I mean, that leaves only, open only two spots for the non-locks. And in there, I put Warren Zevon and the White Stripes. Yeah. Again, this in terms of the White Stripes, 
there are three grungy hard rock acts nominated this year. I'm not counting Iron Maiden. There are three grungy type American acts nominated this year. Soundgarden, Rage Against the Machine, and White Stripes. And I think there's only place in the top five if I'm thinking like a voter. I'm not thinking like a rock critic here. I'm not thinking like a civilian research airship. I'm just thinking like a voter. If I'm thinking like a voter, I only use one of my votes for the top five positions on a hard rock act, and it's probably going to the White Stripes. Hey, uh, I have a question, Tim. It's sure. Sue. <laughs> why, why Willie Nelson? Uh, it, there's a country music hall of fame, no? I mean, did he yeah. do, is it just because Long on the road again? The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame stopped having any of these kind of divisions, having mm. any of these kind of, uh, you know, different avenues and different, you know. Willie Nelson, you know, Willie Nelson, you vote for Willie Nelson in the same way. Willie Nelson is extraordinarily talented, but in terms of his place in American pop culture history, man, he's Bob Hope. He's Dean Martin. He's Sammy, he's Sammy Davis Jr. He's Johnny Carson. He's an American legend, and on the basis of that, I think he's a lock for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So I agree with you. Uh, the genre specifications make the whole thing a mess. Well, they do, Tim, because I, 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 I get it, right? I mean, where do you go if you're a pop act? Uh, there's no real place, and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is, you know, the closest you can do. But country has it covered, so I, sometimes I get confused. Yeah, and, and that's that's very legitimate. Again, I think Willie Nelson's a lock just because of his place and his age and the respect that he holds and his hipness. Again, it's like, you know, it, it, he, he's, he's, he's part of America, and because of that, I think he's a lock to get nominated. So I think he's got elected. I want to I shift to the Grammys. So the Grammys are Sunday night, and to me the Grammys have kind of become a joke over the years, maybe in the same way The Rock Hall has just to a certain extent, in my opinion, but we can always have these these arguments. But in the record of the year category, I guess maybe in some of the other categories, it used to be like the Oscars would have five best picture nominees. And then they changed that. Right. One of the groups that I belong to, uh, Critics Choice, we do 10 nominees for films. Well, now in record of the year, Tim, we have 10 nominees for record of the year. Hasn't the whole spot Spotify era made all of this irrelevant? I mean, it's just... I remember as recently as the late 1990s, you would go to the Grammys, and I was fortunate enough to go a few times. Uh, you would go to the Grammys or you would watch the Grammys on TV, and you know what they would do? They would hand out awards, and every now and then there'd be a musical act. It was about the awards. It's the now, opposite now. Yeah. It's about big, flashy yeah. performances. And once it becomes a TV show, once you begin that, you're going to hand out only five or eight awards during the show. The rest of the awards are handed out, you know, at one o'clock in the afternoon at the local subway, um, <laughs> or if you live in the East Coast, Blimpies. Um, you know, the whole thing becomes irrelevant, and it goes back like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and both of you, both you and Sue have heard me say this so many times. You know, you have your own Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, because there's no, if you're going to do something just based on the criteria of sales, just, just based on statistics, then people like George Michael or Hootie and the Blowfish, for that matter, would be a cinch. But that's not the criteria. Instead, they're using very, very, you know, you know, loosey-goosey criteria that nobody really understands. And frankly, I, you know, I won't be watching the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And 
frankly, I'd rather be looking at, at pictures of Sue's dogs or, or anybody's dogs. <laughs> well, I understand. Maybe I'm encouraged by this, and I, I, I don't know how I missed this. Great dogs, by the way. I know we, she does. I know we talked about this, I'm sure, maybe even you and I talked about this when the, um, you know, the nominations came out for the Grammys, but I didn't realize, and Sue, did you realize that this fan, ABBA, is uh, nominated for Record of the Year and Album of the Year, all kinds wow. of nominations for ABBA or, ABBA, or do you say ABBA? I had no idea that they were having a resurgence. How did I miss that, Tim Summer? They put out a new, new album. album. Yeah. And they, to promote their, uh, and I'm not going to say this quite right, to po- promote the holographic live performance they have running in, in London, which apparently is a wonderful thing to see. Now, I'm a big ABBA fan. Uh, again, whether they should be, you know, the music industry is one thing to a 16-year-old. It's one thing to a 25-year-old. It's one thing to someone who has studied and been obsessed with music their whole lives. It's another thing to someone who just hears music in the Walmart. Generally, whether it's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, whether it's the Grammys, I kind of think, and there's nothing really wrong with this, I kind of think it's kind of all about people who listen to music in the, in the Walmart. You know? And that's fine. I have no problem with that. Let us celebrate the fact of what music means to each one of us. And towards that end, let me very quickly ask you, Mark, have you seen Springsteen yet? Has he come well, around yet? Well, no, the, the, the tour opened two nights ago in Tampa, and I'm going two weeks from tomorrow in Kansas City. I also have tickets opening night in Barcelona, Spain, on the European Fantastic. legs. So I'm, I'm, you know, yeah, I'm, I've seen, I lose track. I've seen the band, I don't know, 40 times. Bruce, you know, solo shows probably seven or eight. So I'm into the upper 40s with shows here, but it's been six years. So I, and I think you and I hold maybe different <laughs> opinions of the E Street yeah, band. Yeah, I have but, enormous respect for the man, and I have enormous respect for his fans because i think his fans are the kind of people who are joyfully obsessed with music and that's the people i want to hear from that's the people i want to interact with i mean god bless the people to whom music is just you know what they listen to on spotify what they listen to in the walmart what they listen to in the cvs god bless that but i think springsteen one of the reasons that regardless of what i think about him or his music one of the reasons I love Springsteen is I think Bruce Springsteen and his fans are people who are obsessed with music. God bless them. Well, you know, for me, that's what it was about. When I was a, I was a 16-year-old, very depressed, lonely kid, and my dad was uh, generous enough to say, hey, let's go up to the Peaches Record Store in the fall of 1980. And buy a record. I just moved here to St. Louis in 79. I didn't have a lot of friends. Uh, you can buy any record. And I was a thinking man even back then, Tim Summer. And I said, I'm going to hit you up for the double album, not just the single album. So Ooh. we're going to buy. And this was my first spring. I didn't, ha- I didn't have Born to Run. I didn't have, um, you, you know, the, Wild and the, the Innocent. Was a river double Yeah, album? that's what it was. So I bought the river. And I, I mentioned this the other day from the standpoint, you know, kids, they, they're on video games. When I was a kid, probably you and Sue, you know what I did in my room when I was supposed to be doing homework? I listened to records. That's what I listened to, music. Yeah. And when I put that record on, uh, it connected with me. And I know that everyone is going to have to have their own connection. Some people are going to say, ah, I don't even get that music. I would say that, for example, about The Grateful Dead. Never connected with me. My wife was a huge deadhead. Just was music that didn't connect. But we all have our different connections. And the thing about the E Street Nation is that we are so passionate. We know all the music. Yeah. And and Tim, you know, you say the shows are legendary. I don't care what you say. I can bring you to a show. You might think you're not going to like it. The guy just performs. And the other and night in Tampa, and don't he, think don't think that I didn't the day the the day after the morning after the first show of this tour. Don't think I didn't Google up that set list. Well, right. Well, and so, and you know, so there was, because people will 
give me grief because I'm a conservative talk show host. Look, I know where his politics are, but I've seen the guy into the 40s. I've never heard him preach on stage about politics. Have there been comments made? Of course there have been. He lets the music speak for itself. The other night, he didn't say anything. He played song after song after song for two hours and 43 minutes. There was no politicking or anything like that. They just played the music because this band, this is what they do, and that's what they're going to do for the next two years. And this may be the last trip around the uh, the globe. You just don't know at this age, right? That's exactly right. Now, because mostly rock and roll is and should be a no-politics zone, unless, of course, you're Jonathan Cain's wife. <laughs> okay. I mean, no, I was gonna, so I wanted you to get into the journey gossip because this is kind of interesting to me because I've seen Neil Sean sort of pop off on it, and I have a little bit of a – a perspective on this because when they came to Bush Stadium a few years ago, I interviewed Neil Sean, Tim, and I, I recorded the interview. And at the end, and every once in a while, I'll try to do this. And, and it was there was a good vibe with Neil and I, right? So at the end of the interview, because I was taping it, I said, Hey, I'm going to the show. Um, you know, dropped a hit, love to say hi. And he goes, Yeah, let's do that. He gives me his cell phone number. <laughs> all right. I still have it. And I text him, and he, um, he said, Yeah, uh, Here's the information. So I show up that night, and I'm I'm in the dugout at Bush Stadium because it's an outdoor show, and I've got a pass on. my. Uh, I call her my part-time nanny. Kayla was there. She helps take care of my daughter. She was there with friends. I said, hey, I'm here by myself. You want to go back and meet Journey? And I, I thought it was meeting Journey, but it's not. It's just Neil Sean. So I get a pass on, and on the pass it says NS for Neil Sean. And then there's passes that say you know, uh, JC for Jonathan Cain. Oh, interesting. And SS for Steve Smith. So they're all separate. They are. But here's the thing. I'm the, Kayla and I are the only ones that have, you know, NS. So I make a comment that night. I said, well, I guess Neil doesn't have a lot of friends. And the, the tour manager looks at me and goes, no, you don't understand. He never does this. Oh. And he goes, You're, come with me. So he grabs us. We go into the into the dressing room. I spent a half an hour before the show. Def Leppard's on. I want to see Def Leppard because yeah. I'm a fan. <laughs> but I'm fascinated because Neil Sean, and more importantly, his wife is there, wow. and I'm not too shy, and I start poking around because, to your point, and for people who don't know this, Jonathan Cain and Neil Sean and the wives in particular, they have different politics, and this has been a bit of an issue, and they kind of opened up a little bit on that particular disagreement. I mean, in a very diplomatic way because they didn't know me, but I've found, and I think you know this probably better than me, there are so many of these rock bands that just hate each other, and they don't even talk before Jeez. they go on stage. They go on stage, they do their shows. Yeah, <laughs> but right. in this case, Jonathan Cain's wife got in trouble for some expenses, right? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, again, I don't want to get into the issue. I'm. It's not my business, you know, God bless her <laughs> that she believes what she believes. I you and I, and I'm sure Sue as well, have heard, have a lot of issues with people who maybe exploit people via televangelism. I don't know if she's one of those people. I don't want to say she is. What I will say is, as far as I can tell, uh, Neil may have a legitimate claim if she is using the band credit card to to finance in any way her ministry or the expenses of her ministry which seems to be what the papers are saying, if I'm, if I'm not right, mistaken. Right, right. Wait, and, she, oh, sorry, she has a ministry? Yeah. It, oh. It, it's very, the, the whole thing. She's, she's by, a major league, uh, you know, send me money and I will make sure you go to heaven. Oh, oh, oh boy. Yeah, he's even like in charge of the city. And again, city I say that with no, with no, I don't say that negatively. Right, I mean, but they both have, there's, there's, so, but Sean's wife is the one who, and I forget her name, 
Neil's wife is the one who snuck into the White House Correspondents' Dinner when Obama was president with this other dude that she was married to. So the, on the one hand, you got the Trump supporters and Jonathan Cain and his wife, and then Neil and his wife, not so much, and they've had some big differences over the years. But listen, you know, I always want to go on and talk music with you, and I can't because i got to break and do audio cut of the day, and I'm going to go out with Brandy Carlisle because I do root for her on the Grammys on Sunday night. But, Tim, it's always great to talk music, always and I appreciate it. Right. Th- thank you, Mark, and thank you, Sue. Have a great weekend. Get more at 971talk.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 